Hello, and welcome back to the Keeping It Together podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Alyssa, and welcome to the Sexisode! It is episode 3.10. We are 10 episodes into season 3. Um, Today is our 90th episode? Oh my god, 90 This is episodes. 90. We are, what? we are on the road to episode 100, which is going to be the final episode of this season. I still can't believe it's been almost 100 episodes sorry there's something wrong with my contacts and my eye looks a little weird you're okay you're okay oh it's okay oh my god why did it have to happen to me in that sentimental moment oh my god tell me tell me please that your hands were clean before you touched your eye i haven't touched my eye i'm just like touching face yeah my hands were clean i washed my hands thank you i know we're in a pandemic i'm anyways (laughs) i can't truly believe we are almost at 100 episodes of keeping it together it's insane to me to think this is episode 90 oh my god it's oh my god it's been two and a half years two oh well yeah just about two and a half years we've been doing this we have been i mean our, our we created the podcast in may of 2018 um here we are in october of 2020 this is fucking wild wild i don't know what we're gonna do yet for episode 100 but we should figure it out by the time our next episode posts i'm still thinking that a good idea would be to do the live <laughs> don't say it don't say it don't Something. say it Shh. it's a secret so we'll, we'll, <laughs> we we have a few ideas flowing uh we will release those details next episode then well there there's our deadline next meeting finalize all this shit it's fine it's fine everything is fine anyways welcome to the sex episode we are really excited about today's we have a lot of questions and topics to discuss that are really good questions some of these i'm really excited about and it's going to be really interesting but we didn't do it last episode so we got to do it this episode but sexual stylings it is what's your struggle uh do you want to go first or do you want me to go first i would like you to go first why would you like me to go first i went first the last time you that's asked true, me that's true that's true that's true um maybe i take back that it's sexual because i don't really have a sexual struggle right now i mean i'm i'm very <laughs> lucky right now um i don't know this is tough i didn't, i should have thought about this before coming in to record today i don't like this <laughs> i don't know if i should be general or like btmi because i because i have something but i also feel like it's tmi um say it go ahead i'm still thinking um I, you know, I, I regularly wash my hands. I regularly wash my hands. It's stupid the amount that I wash my hands, right? Where are you going with this? Um, I had some, uh, how do how do I word this? Some alone time. You masturbated. With myself. Is how I'm going to put that. Um, but earlier I had made food where I had to cut a jalapeno pepper. <gasps> Sabrina! And I swear I washed my hands ah! like four or five times. And I didn't realize what was happening. Oh, until, my God! Um, Did it burn? Did I, it hurt? I didn't realize what I had done until I was finished halfway. And I... Ah! 
I screaming. It was. Um, I. Yeah, Sabrina. That's not TMI. That's fucking hysterical, but I, also cringing. Cause ow, it was uncomfortable. my hands like a lot I so know. i don't understand i don't know if maybe like maybe there was like juice like was like in the nail or something um you know well jalapenos in general are a pepper that it even if you wash your hands three times it's still not good enough <laughs> I, you gotta like wait it out i was like of course this would fucking happen to me are you okay i mean i'm fine i mean it you know, is your vagina okay? Yeah, she's fine. Like I, we're we're okay. I'm Did more it so, burn? I'm more so. Yeah, of course it fucking. Burns. I don't know. This has never happened to me. It was. It wasn't like a consistent burning. It was like a tingly burn on and mm-hmm. off. Um, I mean, I yeah. I mean, I was fine after. Like, <laughs> I mean, I was. I was still uncomfortable. Damn. But I mean, I, I survived. I made it to the next day. But I guess my recommendation <laughs> is to not have alone time with yourself. Don't the, cut a jalapeno the, and then masturbate. The same day you make stuff. Why are you calling peppers. it alone time? This is an episode about sex. Because <laughs> I am embarrassed. I am embarrassed. And yet here I am. This is the greatest thing. This is not oversharing. This is what this podcast is about. There is no oversharing. <laughs> we are talking about the ups and the downs. I was like, God damn it. Like, I, you know, I don't foresee myself having a partner anytime soon in these weird times. Where, and I get it. It's quarantine. Know. It's a little weird to, like, go be with a stranger right now when you don't know them. Exactly. So... You got to cherish that alone time, man. Yeah. Just be don't cut no jalapenos before it now. I'll share my struggle. I just thought of one. I actually have to buy a new headboard. And I broke my headboard recently, uh, like two weeks ago. Yeah, it's like, all right. So what here's. Do you, and you, did you break this headboard alone? No, I wasn't alone. That's I was having what sex. I thought. That's, yeah, I, you got to. Come on. Tell the whole story. It wasn't just you. It's great. Scott doesn't listen to this. Scott was there um, too. Yes, he was there too. I was trying to like reposition myself and. I grabbed onto because I don't his headboard is like it's a whole bed frame. So we don't use his headboard because it's just like it's a whole piece connected with each other. And it's just it, we've broken it kind of his before. So we don't like reposition. I, I, I'm trying to explain this in the best way. We were trying new positions. I'm just going to say <laughs> we were trying a new position. And in doing that, I had to move and I had to grab onto something in order to try this new position. And so I grabbed onto the top of my headboard just to like hold myself up a little bit. And I have a really cheap headboard. It was probably like a hundred bucks when I got it. It looks pretty. It's got like those like, you know, those tufted like buttons on it or whatever. And my bed is up against a brick wall. So it's up against a very hard surface. So naturally, if you slam it into the wall, it would probably break. Well, I was like, no, it should be fine. Well, whatever. no. Um, we, I went in the repositioning cause it didn't happen while we were having sex it happened right before it. And I like 
he pushed himself into me because he was also trying to like get around me and all of a sudden we just heard this like crack and I was like what the fuck was that like it sounded awful and I look at the back of my headboard my headboard just like split in the back like the front of it is fine because it has like um like those soundboards right there you know that type of material Mm -hmm. it has that material on the front of it so if you can't see it or it's not visible like it's not gonna be visible it was all in the back so now my headboard's like straight up broken like I can't put my head in the middle of my headboard because there's just this like slanted crack in it it's not a bad struggle to have don't get me wrong it's just annoying (laughs) it's annoying because it's I have to like take it off the bed frame and then put a new one on and I'm now that we're gonna move next year I'm like do I just wait like this is like why am I sleeping with a broken headboard I mean could you I've tried to repair it I can't oh you can't just like slap some duct tape on there Nope, did that, and it broke again, and it broke worse. That is how it's in its current state right now. Like, is it still functional? Kind of. It's not, like, completely unfunctional, but it's just, like, I don't – I know where not to lay now up against the headboard, and it's really annoying. I mean, I guess you'd – I mean, you could always find, like, a cheap headboard just as, like, a quick replacement for right Eh. now, like, something that's, like, 20 bucks. It's or almost not worth it. Like I'd rather, I'd rather, a headboard. I'd rather just stick with it for now because it's a fucking. My room is so small where it's like my bed. If I move it, it blocks the door. So I just don't want to have to go through that hassle of having to like move my bed and then like undo this thing. It's just too complicated for me to just. I'd rather wait until I move and have movers and just have them undo it and th- chuck it. Yeah. It's just too much work for me to do it myself. Because, yeah, I guess I didn't realize that your headboard is connected to your bed. It's, it's not connected like, to the bed frame. It's not, like, just sitting behind it. Because my, my my bed frame and my headboard, they are not connected. Yeah. But I also Mine have was, a different kind of headboard. I mean, my bed frame can be, like, disconnected. Like, Scott's bed frame is, like, a whole wooden thing. That's why his is, like, if it breaks, like, we have to throw the whole bed frame out. Um, with my bed frame, it's, like, a metal frame in the bottom. And then a headboard can just connect to it. It has, like, these things that, like, if you have a headboard, you can connect it easily to it. Shit happens sometimes when you're trying to do something new. We were trying something new. We were trying to spice things up and explore, (laughs) and we explored the limit of my headboard. Me? I just accidentally spiced things up. I didn't mean to. Yes, you did spice it up. Ah, that's fucking incredible. I freaking feel like as I'm sitting here, I'm like getting lower and lower. I know this is going to be like the third episode. You're not getting lower and lower. I feel... You're fine. Now you're just being more aware of it. So it's like every little thing. (laughs) Man. Well, let's dive into some of these questions. We have a lot to talk about today. We got a lot of shit to get through and I'm excited for it. Uh, First question up. What do you do if someone says I love you too early? I can't answer this because I feel like... I am the one who may say it. I don't know. I also haven't been in a situation where like I have been in love with somebody or like love, like where we're saying I love you to each other in years. So, but even in the situations that I was in before, because I even I guess think I if sh- you dated that person long enough, maybe it was said too early and it did take some time. Yeah. Like, I let, mean, let's start with you. I guess I shouldn't jump the gun here because a lot of when I when I'm thinking back on the situations where I said that I loved somebody, we were we were on the same page. Like they're like, yeah, I love you too. Mm. Um, so but I haven't I haven't experienced it where somebody has said I love you to me mm. too early. I guess the best 
comparison that I can even make is knowing that somebody has too strong of feelings towards me that I don't reciprocate yeah. to them. Yep. I, I've been in both scenarios. I've been in it where I've said I love you too early, and I've also been in it when somebody said it to me too early. And the responses in both are – I mean, obviously, this question is clearly coming from someone who either said it too early or they were told it too early. And they clearly have some type of feeling about it and don't know how to navigate it. Uh, speaking from experience of somebody who has said it too early, I'll bleep out names. Um, I actually said to, uh, to when we were together uh, right before things ended, I was like, I think I'm falling in love with you and I need you to know like this is where I'm heading. Like this is where I'm going. And, and it was I the way that I said it, I was proud of myself because I didn't just flat out say like, I love you. I was like, I'm heading down this road. I'm falling in love with you. I'm getting to this point where I could say it. Uh, I'm just letting you know where I'm at. We ended like two days later. He wasn't the feeling the same way as me. The way in which that whole conversation went, um, I felt the responses I got back were a cop out. And I think that was just because of his situation of like where he was at um, and clearly fucking another bitch and not telling me. So that's a whole different story. But I think it sucks when you're on the end of the stick and you find out the person you're with obviously doesn't love you back. I think when this happens, there's clearly not, there's clearly communication issues, which happened with me and we had communication issues. We didn't talk about feelings. We didn't talk about that side until, you know, after eight months I got, or I think it was like seven months, seven or eight months, whatever it may have been. Um, I got, I kind of got to a point where I was like, I can't do this to myself. I have to say it more for myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, on the flip side, uh, this is actually, it's a funny story. So when I was in Peru, I was like kind of seeing this guy down there. He lived in Lima. I was in Cusco. And so we met when he was in Cusco and then he came back and forth to visit me. And we did this girl's trip to Lima with all the girls I studied abroad with. And he took us out that night. We like went out for dinner and drinks and dancing. And I stayed the night with him and he told me he loved me. And, uh, he actually didn't speak any English. So for us, we always spoke in Spanish. It was just like what we did. And it was fun. Like I thought this was going to be a very casual, fun study abroad fling. Mm -hmm. I didn't think anything of it. And I had only known him for a month, a month. Mm. And he tells me he loves me. And he told me it in English. Like he learned how to say it so he could say it to me in English. And I was like, um, I really love that you love me. That is very sweet. Like I didn't know how to react or respond. Um, and it was definitely awkward. And I had to have a conversation with him the next day of like, Hey, I've only known you for a month. I'm going back to the U S in like two months. This is very casual for me. And I can't, I, I can't keep seeing you if you have these feelings because I don't have those feelings for you and I can't reciprocate that to you. Part of me wonders if maybe he just got swept up in like the feeling of it. Because, you know, when you first start seeing somebody, the first month or so, it's so exciting. You're I like, think wow. it's the first six months, really, is like a honeymoon phase. Yeah, you're you're just, you're so excited. You're like, wow, like this person is so great. Everything's awesome. Oh, I think I love them. When in reality, you might not. You may just love the mm -hmm. idea of them because in, in you don't really know 
them after only a month. And also, if you're thinking it's too early, then obviously there is that that notion there of like somebody there's clearly communication issues going on between you two right if if you have to even consider it's too early you already know your feelings towards that person if if you think that and and also the other side to it if you think you're saying it to somebody too early you're saying it to somebody too early i mean this is just another one of those situations where we can't we can't tell you exactly you know when is too early when is the right time you got to go with your gut and how you're feeling. And in those two mm-hmm. examples, Alyssa, you, well, just, just in the one where, where the, you, the where first you one, felt like you said, I yeah. love you too early. But when I, when I remember that situation correctly, I mean, you guys were involved for quite some time. Yeah, we were, and we, I, I thought we were under the assumption of we were exclusively sleeping together. Uh, I really, we had a conversation about it and we were like, this is fun. We don't have to put a label on this. And then because I thought we were only sleeping together, I started to catch feelings. We were starting to do things together more. We were going to concerts together. We were going to dinner. We were hanging out with our friends together. Like You were doing more than just sleeping with each we other. We were doing more than just sleeping with each other. And even though we wouldn't see each other every day or every week, like it was getting to a point where I was catching feelings. And I felt I, I owed him the... Uh, courtesy to tell him where my feelings were at, even if Mm -hmm. I knew they weren't going to be the same. I was obviously going into it, hoping they were going to be the same because anybody naturally should like, there is that hope that's there, but I think you do kind of have to prepare yourself for them to say no. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for him to say no, I I wasn't. And that's why it hurt so bad for me was because I like, it made sense in my head. I was like, oh, we're not just sleeping together. Well, you you went with your gut. It was mm-hmm. your gut feeling to tell him, hey, this is how I'm feeling. It didn't work out, but that's okay Yum. because after that was over, that opened up the door, and guess who came along? Your boy, Scott. And yeah, Scott treats I mean, you like the I've queen told people, you are. I've told people... I'll say it here now. I'll say it here on the podcast. He's the love of my life. Like, had I not gone through the experience of saying it to someone that it was clearly too early for them, it made me not afraid to say it to somebody because before then I was always terrified. Mm -hmm. I was terrified of it being told to me. I was terrified of saying it. I was terrified if somebody was going to say it too early. And in my relationship with Scott, like Scott was the first one to say it to me. And he said it to me after four months of being together. Like we met in May and he told me he loved me in September. And I said it back. I knew it. Like, I knew it. We were spending so much time together. We were so involved. Like, you know when you know. Yeah. Was that... Okay, it was in September. Was it after we went to Philadelphia? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That was It was such after a that Philadelphia trip. trip. Like, it was such a good trip. That next weekend, like, we spent a weekend together, and that's when we told each other. And it was for – we had only known each other for four months at that point. So then afterwards, I started, like, questioning myself. And I'm like, why am I questioning myself? I said it with such confidence. Like, I said it of, like, yes, I'm falling in love with you. Yes, this is where I'm at. And, like, here we are over two years later, and he's the love of my life. Like, he's my life partner, you know? Makes so, me so happy. I think I think back to the question, what do you do if somebody says I love you too early? You should give them the courtesy if you don't feel the same way to 
talk to them about it and say I don't feel the same way back. And then you kind of get to make a decision. You get to decide if you want to continue to let this person be in your life or you can, can you can tell them we shouldn't be in each other's lives anymore. It sucks and it's hurtful, but sometimes it's necessary. Well, because it, it could be a situation where, okay, this person says they love you, but you're not ready to say it yet, but you see the potential of loving this person because that could also... Mm, no you don't think that's a thing i don't think that's a thing i think that's false hope for yourself and the and and the other person if you say i'm not in love with you but i could be in love with you like that's that a um we can't be together right now like no if you can't be together Uh, now you're not gonna be able to be together later in the future until you go through life all right we'll botch that forget what i just said no i don't (laughs) think we should forget it like that's just my personal view i mean i don't because Saying I love you and saying I'm in love with you, I don't know. I look at those a little bit differently because, for example, I tell my mom I love her, but I'm not in love with my mom. Yeah, but this is like in this form of I love you is talking about in a relationship. This isn't like me saying I love you to you. I don't know because then I also look at people who are in relationships where they say that they're in love with each other, but they're not exactly like – in love with each other all the time there's various different forms of love i think not to derail too much because we still have a lot of other questions to talk about i think the whole point of this question is coming from somebody who was either romantically or physically involved with somebody they had a sexual connection with them somebody said i love you that other the person who it was said to thought it was too early if you think it's too early um and you're not you don't have the same feelings I think the best thing you can do is leave that person it's gonna suck for the other person and I've been in those other shoes there is hate that comes with it but when you go through the process it's like afterwards I'm like wow okay I understand why that person removed themselves from from my life because they were never gonna get to the same level that I was at Mm -hmm. and I was never gonna get to the same level that they were at because I was way past that level and you can't stick around in somebody's life if you're not on the same page. You just can't. And, and that's even with friends. That's with sexual partners. That's with romantic partners. Like, if you guys aren't on the same page, like, it's never going to be okay. It's just never going to work. Anyways, on to the next one. Do you think that toys can help spice up relationship sex? My boyfriend and I are possibly wanting to dabble but don't know what to start or what, where to start or what to start with. Hmm. <laughs> I think I think it sounds like you guys are open because when it mm. comes to sex toys, there does need to be an openness, not just with sexuality, but with gender roles, because there are toys for both the man and the woman. There's toys you can use together, toys you can use to control each other. Uh, so it sounds like you guys are already on the right path. Like, I do think it can help spice up your sex life. Um, I think, you know, you don't have to go all in and like immediately start using controlling vibrators on each other or butt plugs or things like that. I I, I think there's a lot of negative stigmas when it comes to sex toys because a Mm -hmm. sex toy can be something as simple as, um, I can't remember the name of this thing exactly, but I have one and I love it. It's this rod that has like small spikes on it and when you roll it down somebody's arm it can create this really cool sensation um and can really help intensify the buildup before you have sex okay so looking at this i guess you and your boyfriend need to figure out um 
you know, what you like personally, like what are your preferences? Because Mm -hmm. for example, some people like they really enjoy that preference of something going down their arms. Some people like to do little shock. Some people like to be whipped. You know, you gotta, you gotta think like, what, what are my own preferences? Because there's literally a toy for everything. Mm -hmm. And I would say, honestly, since there is literally a toy for everything, go to a sex store. Like, just go in and just browse. You don't have to buy anything, mm-hmm. but you know, if you're not sure where to start, that at least allows you to see all the different toys and things that you can use together yeah. on your own. And that'll help you kind of get a better place to start because yeah. also too, it's really great to talk to the workers of the store because they know a lot about the products. Like I've gone to a sex store before and I've talked to the people working. Like, do you think that, this is better than this. Like, what are the pros and cons of this? I remember one time I almost bought a, um, bought something and I also saw another similar product and I was kind of standing there like trying to compare it to, and you know, work comes up to me and she's like, can I, can I help you? Like, do you need help with anything? Mm-hmm. And I was, I was like, I'm not sure which one of these I'd like more. So she told me the ins and outs of both. And the one that I was, thinking about buying before I picked up the other thing to compare was actually something that I was not going to like at all. So Mm -hmm. I put that back. Um, so I think that's a great place to start too. If like, you're just unsure of products. Um, one thing I recommend to people who've ever asked me for advice is like, start with things that are non penetration. So start with, don't start with a vibrator. Don't start with a butt plug. Start with things that are all about the buildup. Right. Because if you're already hesitant about any sort of dildo or vibrator or plug or um, what are the names of those balls that a woman can oh, insert in her vagina? I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm about. talking about? If, if you're nervous about something being inserted somewhere, don't start with that. I think it's really cool to start with like little things like you could start with if you really want to do something while you're having sex with your partner, maybe use a ring of some sort, maybe use something that brings you two closer together or can enhance the experience. Uh, and mm. I mean, things that are penetration based, like can enhance the experience, but I think it could be cool. You know, it's basic as fuck. Start maybe with a handcuff. If you're looking for a control aspect, if mm. you're looking for a tingling vibration sensation, maybe start with some electroshock, maybe start with I can never remember the name of it. I'm going to figure it out. But it's this rod with little spikes on it. You can go to any sex store. They have them. They're great. And there's different levels of spikes that you can roll down somebody's arm or leg or other parts. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool. Um, You know, that buildup before you actually have penetration with someone can really intensify the sex that you do have with them. So I think that's a great place to start. Yeah. You know, look like what you just said. Look for what you want to do do you want to do something while you're having sex or do you want to do something before or even after you know yeah sex doesn't have to end at an orgasm and yeah just like you said baby steps you know you don't have to jump right into what you think you know a stereotypical sex toy is like a vibrator a dildo whatever you know handcuffs whips blindfolds um yeah hell i i'm sitting here and i'm thinking like possibly even erotic massage oil that's yeah know, erotic massages are great yeah, like you know that's 
that's pure romance has a great toy. line of various uh, massage oils i've used them they are they have a lot of tingling they can help with warming they can help with cooling if you like cooling properties mm-hmm. um but have that conversation with your partner yeah don't surprise one another i've done that Mm-mm, don't <laughs> do that don't do that learn uh, from my mistakes yeah because if because if you're going to use it together you both got to figure out what your preferences are because they're they're going to be different from each other yeah. but you might also have similar preferences and that i mean that's a whole nother conversation to have but when you have that conversation about your preferences what you like what you don't like that's what's going to make it easier to figure out okay what toy or what what i'm going to say yeah. like enhancement product will be best for you to bring into the bedroom mm-hmm. yeah and i mean back on it most of the time you're gonna like something your partner doesn't and vice versa and when you can figure that out it makes the experience better because you can use different products for each other dope Next question. On to the next one. You can read this one. Is porn really bad for you to watch? I mm, This has been a hot topic lately. This is a hot topic. In the community. And I was sitting here thinking about the best way to answer this question, but then I decided to turn to experts. So I, Yes, we love a good expert. So I'm going to read. Uh, so I found this article, uh, it's called is watching porn bad for your health. We asked five experts and three out of five experts said yes. So I'm going to read one yes answer and I'm going to read one no answer and then we'll discuss. So Megan Lim said yes, but this is mostly due to lack of alternative information There is extensive evidence linking viewing pornography with negative health behaviors, attitudes, and outcomes, including mental health issues, sexual risk behaviors, and gender-based violence. But research with young people indicates many of these harms would be offset if they had access to better sex and relationship education. Pornography frequently contains content supporting traditional gender roles and gender inequality. It shows men as dominant and women as submissive. We know most young people view Mm -hmm. pornography before they have any real life sexual experience. They report pornography is now a key component of their sexual development and its themes become integrated into their real life sexual practices and relationships. Mm -hmm. Many young people report school-based sexuality education is heteronormative and only teaches them what to avoid they therefore rely on the internet and pornography for the information they want about sex and relationships it's vital young people receive better education that provides them with positive and diverse information about sex pleasure and relationships these messages also need to be supported by society as a whole The gender inequality seen in pornography reflects gender inequality in society. It does. It really does. And that's like that. That opinion is very much my opinion now, Mm -hmm. because my if you would have asked my opinion two years ago, it would be very, very different. And I think so much has evolved in the world that our opinions can change. And I think the problem with porn and pornography is those gender roles, but also uh, it's not reality. What you see is not reality. And there are even some people out there who are watching like those homemade tapes, but they're not really homemade. Uh, So my, did you read the no yet? I didn't read the no yet. Read the no yet. You're ready. You're ready to discuss. I'm ready. Um, All right. So the no from Andrea Whaling says no, but it depends on how it is used. 
Pornography can create a more open and permissible environment for couples to explore erotic fantasies together Mm -hmm. and facilitate greater intimacy and connection. It can also enable sexual confidence and positive community formation for LGBTIQ plus people. Pornography can be a helpful aid in masturbation, which is known to relieve stress and anxiety. Masturbation can also improve self-esteem for partnered women and support better understanding of sexual physiology. It can even have a number of physical health benefits, including lowering the risk of getting type 2 diabetes, which is interesting. Okay, but um, hold on. Before you go into that, a lot of that is based in masturbation. I know. I'm not, I'm not done reading okay. the answer yet. Okay, okay. Un- unrealistic expectations in pornography, however, may also contribute to body image issues and eating disorders and poor relationship satisfaction. Researchers are divided as to whether or not pornography viewing can be addictive and whether or not pornography is a direct cause of sexual violence. Nevertheless, mental health concerns may be more related to stigma surrounding pornography watching rather Mm -hmm. than pornography itself. Also, pornography may be used as a coping strategy for experiences of depression and anxiety rather than a direct cause. So, yeah. I think there's a weird gray area. There, There is a weird... (laughs) <laughs> there's there's not a yes it's bad for you no it's not because even that no answer had stuff that is like this is where it's bad for you this is where it can be good for you it's i mean because pornography isn't like what it was in like the 80s and 90s before the internet where you would just go to the store you'd get the adult film and you'd be out which i wasn't buying that shit in the 80s and 90s i wasn't born in the 80s and i was born halfway through the 90s. So, right. But still, like, that's how it used to be. And now here we are with this internet golden age here where you can literally just post anything and there's porn for literally every single preference out there. Yes. And I think, I, I think the reason it's become so sensitive lately and there is kind of going on right now an anti porn movement because of the unfortunate. Um, sex trafficking that has happened over the last couple of years so there there's this really really bad negative stigma now with porn because unfortunately a lot of the porn that is out there is coming from sex trafficking and people didn't know about that until it recently got exposed i think i think if you're watching porn because we know everybody's watched porn or does watch porn like it's very unavoidable Mm -hmm. people have those exploratory phases in their lives and it's not to say don't explore i think it's be more mindful of where you're getting it from and Mm -hmm. you know be really careful because if you're gonna do it go and do it um i do think on some of those answers there are some benefits to it it can as long as you're not becoming so obsessed with it and recreating it yourself, yeah. like recreating it to a point where it could hurt the other person or the other person doesn't enjoy it or it becomes an obsession for you, that's yeah. when it becomes bad. Yeah, because I, I think porn can be good in the sense of teaching people about sex because i think that the sex education in this country is poor because we just teach so bad we we teach people don't have sex and like that's it when no that you know there are things that i learned about sex from watching porn i figured out some different preferences because i watched porn and i can't believe i'm here admitting that i watched porn but here we i are. mean every um, okay i'm gonna say it again everybody, everybody has watched porn it. they've either so, watched one video or they've watched a hundred videos or more than that but i have seen um, you know, the negative sides of porn. Like, 
there is that huge uh, gender inequality. Those, there really is. You know, those gender roles where the men is seen, uh, the man is super, like, dominant, super aggressive, and the woman is super submissive. And if mm-hmm. you have a young boy watching that yeah. who's never had sex and they go into their first sexual encounter thinking, okay, this is how I treat the woman during sex. It's going to be bad. It's going to be really bad. And then it also yeah. limits because there are women out there who like to be dominant. And this isn't to say that, uh, you know, uh, dominant, submissive, BDSM, that stuff is, you know, just super violent and all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. Because no, it, 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 it's it, definitely a control thing. Yeah. Like, I think, I, I, I think there's a really bad, the whole dominant submissive thing is really about control. It's really establishing these really antiquated old gender roles that the man is in charge and the woman just needs to submit to the man. That That's where a lot of this comes from, right? Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily about the BDSM community, because that's been around forever and these terms dominant and submissive have been around and used in like non-porn settings obviously mm-hmm. so i think the biggest problem with the porn community number one is that it's still showing really old antiquated gender roles that are really not applicable today two there are unfortunately a lot of really awful sites and really awful videos out there that are involved with sex trafficking and it just mm-hmm. makes it disgusting Um, And that's where it gets really, really tricky and bad because there are videos out there that if you can find them and they're positive and it is really, uh, you know, not within that realm. Great. But unfortunately, what we're all what the whole talk in the community and Twitter and everywhere and Reddit everywhere is like all the videos that people are they consider their normal videos have been coming from trafficking and that's where this whole conversation, I think, has gotten mm-hmm. really, really bad with it. And a oh. lot of people are in this anti-porn movement. But I, mean, I think I get it. Back I... to your point, I do think it is important to note about sexual education because nobody taught me how to, f- how to have sex. Mm-hmm. I learned from experience. I learned from having a lot of sex, and I learned from watching. That's most people, whether that's from a Hollywood movie, whether that's from porn, whether... You know, that is me going out and having sex with partners. Like, that's the only really real way we learn now. And it's really, it's a weird topic. And I think that's why people talk about it the way in which we do. So I think to answer the question, is porn bad for you? Depends on what you're using and and how much you're using it. Mm -hmm. The obvious clear answer here is too much of it can be too bad. Oh, yeah. I mean, there there is such a thing as porn addiction and yeah you know i don't i don't know the reese i don't i don't know if there's any like research behind this but you know depending on what you're getting off to that could change it is your preferences it does and that's the research behind it because now you're expecting something from someone and when that person doesn't give it to you you can become abusive and that's how a lot of these unfortunate uh, sexual assaults have happened. There were multiple accounts of this happening where a man who was on trial, I can't remember his name, but it was like from 10 years ago. He said he kept having sex with all these different women because he was expecting an experience he saw from porn. And when it wouldn't happen, he would get angry and mad See? and frustrated and would force the woman to have sex with him until that experience happened. And there's, and there's those unrealistic expectations from porn. You know, you, you, you see the porn, both people, get off the woman freely goes down on the man the man is tossing her around and 
prelude to the porn. The guy yeah. was just delivering a pizza to the house. And that, that that's not. It's not realistic. It's not real life. It's not realistic. So I think, I think to end this question, because we're starting to run out of time, we still have a lot more to go through. Um, go, if you're going to watch it, go under the understanding. It's not realistic of real uh, things that could happen. Mm-hmm. Could they happen? Sure. But are they going to happen? Probably not. And make sure to do it with mo- in moderation and make sure to be careful of where you're watching and what you're watching. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really tricky out there. Yeah. What is, Just be safe. What is your intent behind watching? Yeah. What before? is your intent? Have a good positive intention behind mm-hmm. it. Don't go into it with an unrealistic expectation. Exactly. Rant end. All right. Next question. Oh, am I, am I, why I, okay. I said the last one. Next (laughs) question. Should I care about my body count? No, no. Hell fucking no. See, I I love these questions. I feel like this is like a, uh, Oh God, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I feel like nobody really cares about the men's body count, but it's the key in the lock metaphor about the women's body count. And it just, it makes me so mad because like, Oh my God, it's, it doesn't change the amount of times that you've had sex, whether you've had the same Im- the whether you've had a hundred sexual encounters with the same person, mm-hmm. or you had a hundred sexual encounters with different people. Well, the it, reason like, the reason it became such a negative thing was there even before the AIDS movement, um, that whole negative stigma when that came about in the eighties. It was seen as, you know, gross. It was seen as you were gonna have random people's babies, like there was this really bad stigma from other diseases that could have happened and also women getting pregnant very frequently. And so it was like, you have this body count um, and it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. No. I just said it. The, how do you learn how to have sex? You have sex with people. You have sex with people. Like Whether that is one person, you have sex with one person, but you have sex with them a hundred times, whether that's you have sex with a hundred people. Here's what you should care about. You should care about protecting yourself. Yes. Use a condom um get tested get tested be smart about that aspect you know do your own kind of birth control if if you're if you're if you're worried like ladies you know birth control pill iud whatever use condoms Um, use condoms you know there there are ways to go about having safe safe sex that's what you should be concerned about is having safe sex forget the body count Mm -hmm. how much like how much safe sex you having because that's more important to me if you're being safe then all right cool you know, you, you want to make sure you're being safe and your partner is being safe because mm-hmm. uh, something when I was single, I would do this with partners. I would ask them, hey, have you been tested lately? Um, and if it hasn't been in the last six months, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm actually not going to sleep with you. Mm-hmm. And I was very much adamant about that because I had a very good exploratory phase of figuring out who I was sexually, what I liked, what I didn't like, and what I liked in partners and didn't like in partners and and learned how to get very comfortable voicing that with people. I think care about the protection and care about what other people are, like care about what other people are doing for their sexual health. It doesn't matter how many people they've slept with. Um, That's such an antiquated view. We should just like get that shit out of 2020 and the rest of our lives. Get that shit out of here. Yup. Next question. How can I get more comfortable voicing what I want during sex? I think the best way to just answer this is to just try it. You won't know if you're comfortable with something until you try it, right? 
Yeah, I get this though, because I it took me a long time how to voice something that I, I wanted. Mean, yeah, I yeah. think uh, what I did, I used to practice it in the mirror. I legit used to practice it in the mirror, or if I was having alone time or masturbating or whatever, I would say it then and see if I was comfortable saying it in that type of setting because you have to be comfortable saying it in the setting. And that's a form of trying it. If you're really scared to try it in front of a partner, try it for yourself. I think I think that's a really smart way to go about it because honestly, with me, I just just threw it out out there and I was like, whatever happens, happens. I guess. And that's a great method too. <laughs> if if you're comfortable just winging it and doing that, you have to try it. But for someone like me who was really afraid of telling a partner what I wanted, I had to understand what I wanted. And you know, we said it last episode with just like even writing an email or doing whatever. <coughs> Sorry, my throat's really dry. No, you're good. Um. We said it last episode uh, or an episode ago where sometimes you have to say it to yourself out loud first before you say it to somebody else. And I think this applies here. Mm -hmm. If you're afraid of saying it to someone, say it to yourself. Why not? Why not masturbate and try and say one of those phrases during that time? And if you like it, great. If you don't like saying it, that's okay, too. There you go. Some people have that, you know, fear. I, I feel that I've been there before. No, I get it. And then you end up in a sexual encounter you don't want to be in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. It's tricky. Getting comfortable with sex and all the things surrounding sex in general is, Mm -hmm. you know, it it, it can be hard. I get it. All right. We have time for one more question. And we have a lot of other questions. We're definitely going to get to the the next sex episode. So if you guys have questions, please don't worry. We will talk about them. Um, But we're just running out of time. Yeah. You get to pick the last one. Oh, goodness. You got a lot. Pick what you want. Okay. All right. When is the right time to introduce my different kinks to my partner? And different mm. is like in quotes. I think the right time is... I'm not going to say necessarily like after a certain amount of months. I think after you've had a substantial amount of sex together. And that is whatever your comfort level is. I think before you just jump into the world of kinks, there needs to be two things that have happened. One, you need to have had enough sex with them where you feel comfortable just having sex with them without introducing other things. Mm -hmm. After you've had that point, I think you do need to have a conversation and communicate about, Hey, there's some stuff that I'm into that I really want to try um i'd love to try them with you we don't have to dive right into it but i do want to start incorporating some more things and have that open conversation of like it's not a thing of like it's going to take away from the sex that you and i have it's going to enhance it Mm -hmm. you know like it's just what happens when you like different things and you're not sure what you're going to like what you're not going to like and i i think you need to be really comfortable about who you're having sex with mm-hmm. in general before you do it. It's not like, a, oh, my God, let me have sex with them one time or I need to have sex with them a hundred times. It's going to be whatever you feel comfortable with. You're going to you're gonna know when you're comfortable enough with them. Mm-hmm. But you definitely got to have that conversation with them first. Like, don't don't be, like, in the middle of it. And then you're like, wait, let me just pull something out here. You know, and it's some, like... Or if that's your preference, that's your preference. I it might not go well. Is just the yeah. It's it's easier to talk about it with somebody because then the person they know what to expect, and then you can also figure out 
there could be a chance that they might be into that as well. Yeah. Or I think into it, it on some level. Again, it really depends on the partner. There are some partners you can tell them like, hey, I'm into some uh, some kinks. I really want to try them with you. Great. If they're not like that and maybe you want to wait it out a bit, you can wait it out a bit. But I do think you do need to have sex with someone a few times before you dive into that because if you have sex with them and you realize you don't like the sex, then Hey, on to the next one. And you can find someone mm-hmm. who you have more comfortable, better sex with that could be into those same kinks. Yeah. And I think also too, you need to be prepared for the person to not be yeah. into your different kinks. And then yep. you also need to, how, how do I want to word this? You need to figure out, are these kinks super important to you that you like want to have these regularly where if this other person doesn't want to do them yeah that's is a big it thing. is it going to be a problem for you because mm-hmm. sex can be a very important part of the relationship and if you are not satisfied in that area because you are not getting your kink satisfied because your partner's just not into it it's the 70 30 baby you know so you gotta i mean it, it all starts with one conversation first you gotta be comfortable with the person mm-hmm. and you gotta have the conversation once yeah. you're comfortable determine what's important to you sexually and if that's these kinks have those conversations try out different things but also remember like there's so many other kinks out there too like in in different things like if one thing doesn't work with your partner you can try something else and maybe you realize that's what you like doing with them mm-hmm. there's not like a one set standard of like oh this is the only kink i'm allowed to do with my partner and if he doesn't like it or she doesn't like it i'm out not necessarily you know mm-hmm. it could be a thing like they're just not comfortable with that specific one but there could be something you both are comfortable with exactly that's my hot take that's your hot take and on that note we are out of time because, girl, you got class. I got class. I got to I gotta go. So, <laughs> so, anyways, thank you guys again for submitting some questions for this episode. We appreciate you all coming to us on Instagram through our email from our personal. I get a lot of people who send me stuff on my personal Insta. Um, so, thank you to all of you. We appreciate you all. Yeah, seriously, just keep talking to us. Uh, tell us shit you want us to talk about uh, because... I'll talk about it. I'll talk about it. We are a user-driven show or a li- listener-driven show. Yeah, so we are listener-driven. That's how we've continued on season three is all of y'all. Mm-hmm. Hit us up on Instagram, Keeping It Together Podcast, or hit us up on our email, keepingittogetherpodcast at gmail.com. We'll take anything and everything. Exactly. Once again, guys, thank you again for tuning in. My name is Alyssa. I'm Sabrina. And thanks for keeping it together with us this week. And we'll see you back next week for episode 3.11.